0: Welcome to the Coast Life Church Podcast. We exist to lead people to the abundant life in Christ. For a great way to stay connected throughout the week, be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook and subscribe to our YouTube channel. From wherever you're listening, we hope that you are encouraged by this week's message. Hey, come on, give him give a great hand. That was. That was Charlie, Colleen, Sarah, Molly on the guitar. One more time, give them a great hand. You guys can be seated. So thankful to see you all here in the room. And I want to give a special shout out to all of our first time guests, everybody watching online. Come on, Coast Life family. Help me say welcome. And- Welcome to week two of our collection. The playlist, we take popular songs and we find biblical truth in them. And that was Landslide by Fleetwood Mac, 1975. And it occurred to me that not one person that was on this stage was alive in 1975. If that if that was one of your favorite songs, you probably have back pain right now. Your back hurts. <laughs> but we we love to take the... The, the lyrics of those songs and use them to speak biblical truth and I want to I want to do that this this week's song landslide is uh, is about struggles and obstacles and experiencing the the ups and downs of life and trying to navigate the the seasons of life while trying to g- grow bolder and older and moving forward in your life and it talks about a mountain I want to I want to just capture that that image for a minute because a mountain represents the challenges, but it also represents the high places in life. It's it's both of those things. It's the challenge and the high place. And when you study the Bible, you'll find out that the Bible gives you the picture of a mountain. It'll it'll be an obstacle, but it can also represent a place of strength. Oftentimes, when you study mountaintops, God would speak on mountaintops. God would move on mountaintops and I'm going to go to Zechariah chapter 4 and we're going to read uh, some scripture from Zechariah chapter 4 and uh, if you're a part of our Coast Life family and even if you're not you just uh, want to be a part of what we're doing as a church About about, over a year ago we started climbing a mountain that we are calling a building project and uh, it's a pretty big mountain and I want to talk about establishing it we, we started a building campaign called establishing heaven on earth anybody still got that sweatshirt one of my favorite sweatshirts we've done and and I want to invite you uh, to be a part of the journey of, of taking down that mountain of moving that mountain and and, and just go on the journey with us because here's what's going to happen is uh, we're we're gonna start the the building co- project the campaign uh, the building in a few weeks and we're waiting on permits and so hopefully in the next week or two the permits are going to come through and we'll begin the project and i'm so excited for it but i want to give you an opportunity to do something and that is starting in just a few weeks we're going to be offering building tours How many of you have been physically inside of this building since we owned it? Anybody been in there? Not many of you. How many of you would like to go inside of this building? All right, you're going to get your opportunity. I I want you to get a chance because here's what's going to happen is you don't appreciate the mountaintop until you know where we started from. So before, before it's fresh and new and hopefully the early part of next year we'll be finishing up, I want you to get the opportunity to go in there and smell that stale mildew. I want you to get a chance to uh see 40 years of neglect in that building and uh, just be a part of it. A, I, I want us to all, we have this phrase, we're all better together. And so I don't want this just to be a few people. Come on, I want everybody to get the opportunity to take the journey of seeing it go from where it is now. And I know pretty soon in the future, we're going to get to the mountaintop. We're going to finish that project. That building's going to be amazing. But I think you'll appreciate it a whole lot more if you go see it right now in its beginning and see where we're going to take it. And we have tour dates available. I'd love for you to go get a chance to see it. But its I want you to go walk the building. I want you to go pray over the building. I want you to go speak faith over the building. I want you to go and believe that maybe God's going to speak to you about somebody in your life that's going to come to salvation and have their life changed in that building. And like, I, I just want it to be... I want it to be a moment, so there's tour dates available. Uh, You you can't go if we don't take you in there, but uh, if you'll you'll sign up, you can sign up at the Connect Tent or you can go online, mycoastlifechurch.com. I think it's right on the landing page. You can click and you can get registered. It means so much to me personally if you'd invest the time to go see the building, spend a little time praying over it and speaking faith over it. Amen, everybody. All right, and I'm going to preach... I'm going to preach and going to kind of walk two roads and want to walk the road of our uh, of where we're at in the season of our church life because how many of you know we all have our corporate world together that's where a church family and then I know there's God God's doing things in your individual life Zechariah chapter four verses six through ten the Bible says this is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel not by might nor by power but by my Spirit says the Lord of hosts who are you O great mountain before Zerubbabel, you shall become a plain. And he shall bring forth the capstone with shouts of grace, grace to it moreover the word of the Lord came to me saying the hands of Zerubbabel have laid the foundation of this temple his hands shall also finish it then you will know that the Lord of hosts has sent me to you and verse 10 ends with a question for who has despised the day of small things I want to preach a message this weekend called grace grace would you just look at your neighbor and just say grace grace just give them that phrase online nobody's with you just say grace, grace. Now I want you to turn to the other neighbor and I want, to, I want you to say it with awkward aggression. Grace, grace. Like just get a little intense, maybe get a little too close to their face, whatever it is. If your eyelashes don't touch, you didn't get close enough. Grace, grace. Uh, many of you will remember that last year we, we attached a theme to our, our building project and we called it Establishing Heaven on Earth. Because I I don't know if you've ever been a part of a project like this. So many people think it's just a church building a building. But I can promise you when a church sets out in a project like this, it's not a construction project. It's a spiritual war zone. (laughs) You're engaging a battlefield. There's an an enemy that really does love to control cities and territory. But there's a church that advances against the very gates of hell. Uh, and, and you gotta, you got to understand that build, building a church, it, it is a construction project. There's the practical realities of, of all of that, but it's not just a construction project. For us as a church, it's literally establishing God's kingdom right here in our world, like building building the church, and we're taking what is God's plan in heaven and establishing it. In, in our part of the world and that's that's us as a church, but even in your own life you've got a little building project going're you're, you're, you're trying to build and and construct God's purpose and God's plan, the things that God has for your life and and what you're battling with right now is you're you're trying to establish heaven in your world, trying to bring the plans of God and and for us as a church collectively it's a building, but so much more than a building. Our, our, our heart as a church is we want to lead people into abundant life in Christ. And I pray God uses this building for that. But the project that we really have isn't in hammers and nails. It's in seeing people find and experience the abundant life that Jesus came. To give us, And then once they've found a life, it's teaching them how to know God. How do I have a relationship with God? How to know God. Find freedom from all the stuff the enemies put in your life. Discover your purpose. Realize God put you on earth for a purpose and a reason. And then find your place in our church because not one of us, one of us can't really make a difference, but all of us together can make a huge difference in our world. That's that's the project that we've been working on for 12 years now, is leading people into abundant life, and then helping them know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and live together in a biblical community called the church to make a difference. And it's, it's God's plan in heaven, and then we have to flesh it out on, on, on the earth. And for you, your, your project might be raising a family that loves Jesus and loves the church. It's one of my goals as a, as a dad. Man, I want to raise kids that love Jesus and love the church. I feel like if I've done that, I've been a pretty successful father. Maybe fulfilling God's will for your life or uh, stepping into a calling or, or a purpose or maybe you have a desire to experience God's blessing in your life or you want to live a life of legacy, a life that matters and makes a difference. Well, here's what, here's what I know. I don't, I don't know if you've ever taken the time and I think you should, but taking the time, not, not to just identify what you flippantly want. You know what I mean? Like sometimes we see things, but like, oh, it'd be nice to have that. I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about what we want. Have you ever taken the time to consider what God wants for your life? Yes. What it is that he wants, what, what God designed in heaven. And this, this message isn't really about that. But if you've never sat down and prayed or you've never sat down and asked God to speak to you, I'd encourage you to, to take some time and say, God, your will, not my will. But once you identify that, when, when you identify, like we've identified a purpose, a mission as a church, and when you identify that as a person, God's plan, God's purpose for your life, here's what you're going to find out is God has plans in heaven, and you're going to find out that earth is always in the way of heaven. <laughs> that there's, there's always an earthly hindrance to the heavenly things that God wants to do in your life. Yeah just to put it another way, there'll be a mountain. <laughs> you, you'll find out that there's a place God wants you to go, but there's a, there's a mountain. There's a there's a heavenly design, but there's an earthly mountain that's between you and the design that God has for your life. And we all have mountains. Like right now, we're dealing with mountains. We, we deal with mountains like sin issues. Is it all right if we still say the word sin in 2022? Is it all right that we say that we have them? You have a sin nature, and part of your sin nature is it's working against what who God wants you to be and where God wants you to go. It's, it's a mountain. We have, we have mental things that we're battling. Some, sometimes mental health issues, depression, anxiety, insecurity, all these things. God, God's showing us a heavenly design, but there's these earthly realities that are hindrances. And sometimes we just have toxic ideas and toxic beliefs. And it, it could be practical things like God called you to do something and you don't have the money to do it. Like that's that's a mountain in your life. You God's wanting you to do something, you don't have the resources to do it. Over a year and a half ago, I stood before this church and was like, hey, I believe God wants us to relocate. We're going to buy a building. We need $2.5 million. That's what I call a mountain, $2.5 million. By the way, over half that mountain is gone. God's making a plane where there was a mountain. But it it could be mental, it could be spiritual, it could be circumstantial. There could be things that just in your physical circumstances, all of it, all of it, the mountain just simply represents the earthly things that have to be moved or overcome in order to establish the plans of heaven in your life. And in Zechariah chapter 4, the scripture that we read, God speaks through the prophet Regarding a leader named Zerubbabel. How many of you just love the name Zerubbabel? I just like saying Zerubbabel. And Zerubbabel had been tasked with establishing, this is what his role in the Bible was in this time, is he was been tasked with building the temple that had been destroyed to, to build it again. And he was building a physical house of worship for God in a time, and this is the context, in a time when people were telling him every reason why he couldn't do what God had called him to do, that they were pointing out every reason that it couldn't happen. And this verse has been so encouraging to me because we're in a season where people are crying, inflation, recession, supply shortages, all kinds of stuff. But how many of you believe that if God said to do it, you can? do it, that you can do what God's called you to do. God, God speaks to Zerubbabel and he's like, be careful about listening to all of that because what they're, all the mountains they're pointing you to, he said that, that great mountain, that hindrance to you doing what I've asked you to do. He said, that mountain is going to become a plane. That the mountain that you see today is just going to be a flat space when you're done. And you're, you're not only going to finish this project, you're going to finish it amid shouts of grace, Amen. grace. And so how do you... How do you climb a mountain? I love the poetic way that this song describes it. I climbed a mountain. I saw my reflection in the snow-covered hills. And How, how do you get to those high places? And how do you get to those places where you feel like God's purpose is being performed in your life? And God sent the message to Zerubbabel. But by the Holy Spirit, he's speaking to us today. God sent the word to us. And the overall message is one that is just faith building. And I, I want to just talk to you uh, about how to build your faith that I believe can help you move some mountains in your life. Believe that what God has spoken as his plan and his purpose can be established in your life. And what are the elements of faith? Because according to Jesus, that you have, and if you want to move some mountains, you've got to have some mountain moving faith. That, that there is a faith that can move mountains. So what are the elements of faith and here's where faith begins God speaks to the prophet and he tells the prophet to speak to Zerubbabel and tell him it's it's not by might and it's not by power but it's by my spirit says the Lord of hosts now what it is that you're going to do it's it's not going to be through your strength and it's not going to be through your ability this is going to be performed by my spirit and power Because number one is this, is faith begins with God. We we struggle in our faith when we look to ourselves for faith. Because faith doesn't come from us, faith comes from God. And every great biblical person who had faith wasn't a person who had faith until God showed up. It wasn't like they were walking this road of faith and then God kind of just came along and and sidled up to them. No, they were in one place and God showed up and then all of a sudden they became a great person of faith. Abram was just a childless man living in Ur of Chaldees and Ur, if you archaeologists have discovered, was one of the wealthiest cities in the world at that time. So he was just a man living in his comfort and God showed up and said, If you'll trust me, if you'll believe me, if you'll walk away from the wealth if you'll walk away from the comfort i've got another home i'll show you and when you find that home you'll actually find out that your inheritance is going to be like the sand of the seashore and like the stars of the sky and a man named abram was just a normal man but when god showed up abraham became a father of the faith noah was just a normal guy he was just a guy raising his family and god showed up and said you know that hammer that's been in your garage we're about to put that to work you're going to start building a boat and it was the building of the boat at the word of God that Noah becomes a mighty man of faith. Daniel was just a regular guy. He was just a young guy going to school, getting an education. All of a sudden, this call of God shows up on his life. He becomes a mighty prophet. David was just a kid tending the sheep of his father and had, had just a normal job. But one day God pulled him out of the sheepfold, put an anointing on his life. The next thing you know, David is killing giants, not because of who David is but because of who his God is. and we, we, we often mistake what faith is. We think faith is, is some sort of mental fortitude, like just, I've got a fortress in my mind. We think, we think faith is some sort of a, like a special person, these, these special people that have something we don't have, and God's able to do great things through them. Or, or sometimes we think faith is like immerse, emotional fervor or, or a hype circumstance, like if I get myself really worked up emotionally that there's going to be this uh, faith moment where something incredible is is going to happen. And we we think faith is like just being a positive person and then thinking positive thoughts. And I I want to tell you, that's not what faith is. But Negative thinking is dangerous because it can hinder your faith. You can get to a toxic place where it's talking you out of believing the Word of God. But it's not just positivity. It's not just being a chipper, happy, super like early morning person like you've perpetually been pounding lattes and, you know, every you're always chipper and happy. Some of you are melancholy. Some of you are moody. And some of you, you're having rainy days even when it's not raining. And I just want to give you some good news. You can still be a person of faith because it's not about positivity. And we think that faith is mental certainty. It's like I've got everything figured out. But what faith is, is faith is really a revelation of the power of God to do the impossible through us and in our world. That's what faith is. I love this definition of faith faith is believing that God told the truth that when he spoke about what he was able to do that he wasn't manipulating he wasn't lying he wasn't trying to deceive us that when God spoke it he told us the truth and that faith is the revelation of who God is it's not about who we are it's about who our God is James said this, James five seventeen talking about Elijah. He said, Elijah, this, is, this scripture is so encouraging to me. He said, Elijah was a man, was human as we are, and yet he prayed earnestly that no rain would fall and none fell for three and a half years. How many of you know that's a miracle? That's, that's some pretty bold faith. That's some power with God. Like, it's not going to rain until I say it's going to rain. You better be a man of God if you're going to... It's not going to rain until I say it's going to rain. But the Bible makes it clear that Elijah wasn't in some human condition that you you and I are not in. He didn't have some special human ability that was different than he was just as normal as any person in this room. But he understood something. It's not about who I am. It's about who God is. Faith isn't. Faith faith isn't believing that we're special, faith is knowing that God is special, faith isn't about our strength, in fact, if you've got strength for it, it's not faith, if you can do it, if you can accomplish it, then it wasn't faith, faith steps in when I'm weak, faith steps in when I'm struggling, faith steps in when I don't have the ability to do it, because faith is not in our ability, faith is in our inability, but it's trusting in God's supernatural ability, and faith isn't mental certainty, faith is a revelation that God is who he says he is, and he can do what he said he could do. And this is the simplicity of faith. You ready? Faith is just simply knowing God. Faith is forged in a relationship with God. And we want to get faith, like, downloaded in a moment. No, faith comes through forging a relationship with God and learning, I can trust him then I can trust him now, and I'm gonna be able to trust him in the future. Here's the reality: The the more I know God, the more I have faith in him. And any faith deficit is a God deficit. I've got to get to a place. And that's why some of us, some of us are cursing the mountain that we've got in our lives. And we might need to pause and just thank God for the mountain. Thank God for the mountain. Because if it wasn't for the mountain, you wouldn't know the God that's able to move the mountain. You wouldn't be able to stand in that place. Sometimes we don't really try to seek who God is, and we don't know who God is until we get a mountain in our life. But the first time we make the, we see the mountain of financial uncertainty, that's when we start trying to learn and know that God is a provider and that he's going to provide. Come on, it's the mountain that builds your faith. It's the mountain that helps you get to the place to realize it's not by might and it's not by power, it's by God's spirit. he's the one that's able to move the mountains in our life. And that's the power of a mountain is the power of a mountain is it gets my it gets my eyes off of me and it gets my eyes on Jesus. Because faith begins with God and then it's partnered with our trust. God, God needs our trust, our obedience And the the question that God spoke through the prophet was, who has despised the day of small beginnings? Who's despised the day of small beginnings? And it reminds us that sometimes what robs us of our faith is not recognizing that faith isn't a big moment. Sometimes it's just a small decision. Because faith begins with God, but the second thing is this, is faith is the next step. We, we often think that, that faith is something that, that, that's big, but faith can be in something really small. In fact, Jesus said, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you can speak to the mountain and tell it to be removed. Because the truth is, we, we, our church, one of our things is we're big faith people. But the truth is, we're not really big faith people, we're big God people. Because the truth is, it's not the size of your faith, it's the size of your God, that's the power. That's the difference. And if you're waiting to feel big, you're waiting for a big moment, the problem is, is you'll despise the day of small beginnings, sometimes the biggest act of faith you take might be the smallest step you take. And we, we have baptisms next month. And every time we do baptisms, we'll, we'll be encouraging people to get baptized. And there'll be somebody that says, I'm not ready. I just, I'm not ready to get baptized. And the problem is is, is, that's the opposite of what it's supposed to be. If you feel ready, you're probably not ready. You're probably self-righteous. But if you're not ready, that's the time you take the step, not based on how you feel, but based on trust and dependency on Jesus, which is how we live our lives. Because faith is trusting God. It's obedience. It's like, hey, I don't feel it, but God told me to do it, so I'm going to obey it. That's faith. it's It's not a big moment because your biggest act of faith might be in the moment when you're filled with the most uncertainty. So if you think faith is a feeling, then you'll miss, you'll despise the day of small beginnings because you were waiting to feel something and God was like, no, you despise the moment that you had the opportunity to take a step, not based on your feelings, but based on obedience to what I'm calling you to do. Because when you study faith, what you'll find out is faith and obedience are intimately connected. Because faith at its core is obedience. So why the Bible talks about faith without works is dead is because if you only internalize something and never externalize something, then you didn't ever really internalize it. So God could speak to Abraham and say, I'm gonna call you to be a father of many nations, and he could process it internally, but it didn't really manifest as faith until he started stepping out of his comfort zone, leaving his family, following the promises of God. That's when faith got externalized. And faith isn't when you see the result and are full of confidence. Faith is when you trust God in spite of your feelings. And I talk to people all the time who are, who are believing God for a spouse. If you're single, uh, whether you're a young single or you're in a different season of life, single, I pray you find a godly person. But listen to me. Faith isn't when somebody's put, you're putting a ring on somebody's finger or they're, they're putting a ring on your finger and all the family's around and you don't know it and you're secretly being videoed and they're going to post it to TikTok later. Like, that's awesome. Faith isn't when you go to the wedding and all your friends and family are there to support you. and That's, that, that's not faith faith that's the result of your faith that's the result of your obedience God's going to bring the right person along at the right time here's where faith is faith is when you're lonely faith is when you're discouraged faith is when you're suffering with rejection and thinking nobody wants you and the wrong person slides into your dm and even though you feel rejected and lonely and you want their companionship you don't respond to the message because you're trusting that God's going to bring the right person at the right time And if you're not careful, no one's there taking pictures and no one's there with video cameras and no one's there celebrating you and no one's there cheering you on. You're just there alone. But don't despise the day of small beginnings because that step of faith that I'm not responding to everybody who's coming on to me because I want the right person. I want a godly person. That's the moment that God says, you didn't despise the day of small beginnings. You just took a step of faith and it's moving you into my plans and purpose for your life. Listen to me, sometimes we're looking for a circumstance and we need to be looking for a step. We're we're looking for some big circumstance. No, 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 that's the result of your faith. But faith isn't when you feel it. Faith is when you don't feel it, you don't have the ability, you're not into it, but God's asking you to do it, so you just trust him and obey him. That's when faith kicks in. Now, I want to encourage somebody to, to take your next step. It doesn't matter if you've been a Christian for a few minutes or if you've been a Christian for a few decades, there's a next step. God's wanting you to, hey, trust me with this season. Trust me with this. And obey God before it makes makes sense. Because listen to me, small steps move big mountains. It moves really big mountains. And everybody's waiting for a big moment. No, no, no. It's the small steps. Here's the third thing. It begins with God. It's the next step. But number three is faith is staying committed to the process. That, that God is working. When we see him working, God is working. When we don't see him working, God is working. Because I love, I love the song. It talks about I climbed the mountain and then the landslide brought me down. How many of you know in life there will be some landslides? And and anybody who gives you a, a version of Christianity that doesn't include both high moments and low moments is not giving you Christianity. They're giving you superstition is what they're giving you. Because the true version of Christianity is there's going to be mountaintop moments and then there's going to be valley low moments. That's real Christianity. And it's understanding that he's God when you're on the mountaintop and he's God when you're down in the valley, that he's, he's God. And sometimes we, we ride the highs and lows. I, I, I didn't share this in the first service, but I was having some emotional roller coaster moments, and God spoke to me one time, and He said, if you don't get off the emotional roller coaster, you're not going to make it. Means we, we ride the highs and lows, and we feel like when we're on the mountaintop, man, life, God's moving, life is moving forward, I'm progressing, and then we get into a valley moment, and we think God has abandoned us, and we think we're experiencing a setback, and everything is lost, but can I tell you that progress isn't in highs and lows, because progress isn't a place, progress is a, per, is a presence, and his name is Jesus, that's progress, and so if you go through a hard and you go through and I get it in the natural sense you lost a job and everybody's like in the natural sense you you had a setback but can I tell you that progress we think progress is when I'm going up but it can you can actually be going up and you can go be going down and it doesn't matter because with Jesus you're always moving forward it doesn't matter if you're in a high place or a low place and sometimes we think man when I get to the mountaintop God is moving no sometimes when you get to the absolute bottom that's when you find out God is really moving and some of the great hardships of my life in the moment I didn't know it but when that hardship drove me to the presence of Jesus Christ it was actually setting me up to go further than I ever could have imagined and so you've got to be careful about thinking no that set me back no it may have set you back on your timeline but it did not set the almighty God back on his timeline and you've got to be careful about riding the highs and lows Because then when you're on a mountain, you've got faith. But when you're in a valley, you don't have faith. And I just want to promise you, progress is not a destination. Progress is a presence. And if you can get into the presence of God, God is moving you forward. He is taking you into his plans and purposes for your life. So God's word to Zerubbabel was keep trusting my ability. Don't give up. When you step into this project, there's going to be good days and there's going to be bad days. And I love, I love this parable. I'm going to read the whole parable. It's only eight verses long. But Jesus taught this parable just so we would know that we should never give up that we should never lose heart. Luke 18, 1 through eight, Jesus tells a parable and he told them a parable to the effect that they should always pray and not lose heart. Don't quit. Don't give up. And he said, in a certain city, there was a judge who neither feared God nor, retru- nor respected man. And there was a widow in that city who kept coming to him and saying, give me justice against my adversary for a while he refused but afterward he said to himself though I neither fear God nor respect man yet because this widow keeps bothering me I will give her justice so that she will not beat me down by her continual coming And the Lord said, hear what the unrighteous judge says, and will not God give justice to his elect who cry to him day and night? Will he delay long over them? I tell you, he will give justice to them speedily. Nevertheless, watch this, when the Son of Man comes, when Jesus comes back, is he gonna find anybody on earth that has faith? Is he gonna find somebody who didn't abandon the project who didn't abandon what God had asked them to do, who didn't walk away from the construction thing, from establishing heaven on earth. And when we read this parable, I think many times we, because the the judge, Jesus postures him as an unrighteous, cruel judge, and this woman just comes day after day, a relentless woman, and she just keeps asking and asking and asking. And I think sometimes we we receive this parable like God is this hard-hearted person and that we have to just keep asking him until God finally does the right thing. God, at some point, you're gonna finally understand that I'm right, and you've been in the wrong all of this time. Like, that's kind of how we read this parable. I gotta change God's mind. He's wrong, I'm right, I just gotta be persistent. That's not the point of it, because we know this, God is good, and he has good things for you, and if you prayed and you didn't get it, it's just because it's not the right thing or it's not the right time, because God will never give you anything that will, it will, that will be a discouragement to his will and purpose for your life and God is a God that gives good gifts at the right time and the good good thing at the wrong time is the wrong thing but the right thing at the right time is God's plan and God's best for your life and the point isn't that she needed to change the judge's mind the point is that there was a system of justice that she could work every day and she said there is a process for me to get my voice heard there is a process for me to get the outcome I desire and I'm going to go every day and I'm going to trust the process and if I get to the mountaintop and I've experienced the landslide of rejection and I don't get what I want, I'm not going to quit and leave the mountain. I'm going to climb one more time back up the mountain. And I'm just going to keep going back time after time. And I'm going to keep trusting the process. Listen to me. Faith is trusting the process. It's trusting that God has established his will. So if you pray and you don't get what you want, pray again. That's the process. You went to church and somebody hurt you at church. Go back to church. Trust the process. You started tithing and you took a financial downturn. Keep tithing. Trust the process. I served. It really didn't fulfill me. serving. Trust the process. I went to together group and I didn't feel accepted. Don't give up on community. Go to another together group. Whatever it does, trust the process. Faith doesn't quit the process. We go to the mountain. There's a landslide. I just keep going back up the mountain again, trusting and believing that in God's time, he's going to do everything that he promised in my life. Philippians 1.6, I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will be faithful to complete it till the day of Jesus Christ. God's going to trust the process. Listen to me, what God started, God's going to complete in your life. Don't quit. And God's final word to Zerubbabel was that the capstone, the, the final stone out of all of this project, that the final stone was going to be set in this ceremony and it was going to be established amid shouts of grace, grace. That there was, there was going to be a moment where this, this building for him, this physical building project was going to be crowned with grace. Grace. Because faith is how we receive, but grace is what we receive. If you'll have faith, it puts you in a posture to receive God's grace. And it described the end result. And the, and the significance of grace, grace, is that there were two applications of grace. One is it, re, it, re, it described the end result, that when people saw that building, they were going to see the grace of God. They were going to know that that building was finished and that it looked beautiful because God's grace was on it. So it described the finished project but it also described the process that got onto the finished project. In other words, it was saying it's God's grace that's going to take you through, and it's God's grace that's going to finish everything that happened in your life. And I just want to ask everybody in our church, so many of you are driving by that building, and you see that sign up on 41 that says future home of. Can I just ask you to do something? When you go by that building, would you just stretch your hand out? And by faith, would you just say grace, grace, God, grace, grace, grace you're going to finish this project your grace is going to lead us your grace is going to help us and in your life here's what's going to happen is when you turn around and see the finished project of your life you'll say grace grace that it's the result is grace the process is grace because it's grace that has brought me this far and it's grace that's gonna lead us on. Come on, if you receive that, would you give God some praise? Stand on your feet here in the room. Here's a a phrase to remember. It's by grace through faith. It's through faith. Ephesians 2, 8, 9 says, for by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not of your doing." It's not your doing. You you remember? Not by might. It's not by power. It's by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. It's not your doing. It's the gift of God. It's not a result of works. Not by might. It's not by power. It's by his spirit, so that no one may boast. Listen, if you could do it, you wouldn't need faith. And then you would take credit for it, and you wouldn't need God. So here's what God's plan is for your life to expose your inability, to put you in a place of weakness, to let you experience that there is some places he wants you to go, but there's some landslides that are going to happen. But every time you step in the landslide, you're going to begin with God, that God's the one that's going to do this that I'm not going to despise the day of small beginnings, Zerubbabel was building a building and he wanted to see a finished building. But you know where faith began? It wasn't when he set the capstone. Faith was when he took the first stone and put that on top of the next stone. And it was a long way from a finished project, but he was saying, grace, grace, God's grace is going to help me build this. And I want to pray for some people in this room. I want to pray for some people online. Here's my prayer for you, is that you would experience the, the incredible grace of God, the grace that saves us, that, that changes us from the inside out. Because We're going to pray a prayer, and this is a prayer of faith. And Listen to me, there, there's, there's no magical incantation in these words. There's, it's not the prayer that saves you, it's the faith you pray the prayer with. That if you pray it with faith, it postures you to receive the grace of God. Here's the whole mission of our church is to lead people into abundant life in Christ. To help you know God, not not in a just a a mental way, but in a personal way. That's my prayer for you. Is to step into that place where you know, you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that your past is forgiven, your sins are washed away. You know, you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you've got eternal life ahead of you. That you've got a hope that isn't built on this world. It's a hope that's anchored beyond the veil. It's anchored in the presence of Jesus Christ. Listen, that's my prayer for you. How do I get to that place? How do I get to that place? Listen to me. One small step has eternal results in your life. And it's a a moment of genuine faith. It's not not putting faith in a pastor's words. I'm I'm gonna lead you in a prayer, but don't put faith in my words. Don't begin with me, don't begin with you. We begin with God. He's gonna save. He's gonna forgive. He's gonna wash away our sins. And in that moment, listen to me, there's something to receive. It's grace, the grace of God. Come on, all across this room online, I wanna lead us in a prayer. Maybe, maybe you don't have a relationship with Jesus. Maybe you don't have a, a confidence and a hope in eternal life. The Bible says we, can, we have this assurance, I'm, I'm sure, that the one that began the work in me is going to be faithful to complete it all the way until the day Jesus comes. Maybe, maybe this is the place of your beginning. Many of us in this room, God's, God's begun the work and we're trusting Him to finish the work. But maybe for someone in this room, maybe someone online, maybe this is your beginning point. Where do we go at the beginning? We put our eyes on Jesus you don't understand I'm not a person a good person that's right you're not that's why we get our eyes off of us and we get our eyes on Jesus I- I'm not a churchy person I'm not a religious. that's right that's why we get our eyes off of us and we get our eyes on Jesus you don't know what I've done I've done so much wrong a hundred percent welcome to the club get your eyes off you get your eyes on Jesus the author the finisher of of your faith, and I want, to, I want to have a genuine moment of faith, a genuine moment of faith, because it's in that place that we receive the grace of God. I'm going to lead us in a prayer online in this room. If you need to begin a relationship with Jesus or you need to recommit your life to him, come on, would you just say this prayer, not putting, not putting faith in words, but using these words to put your faith in God. Say this prayer. Say, Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus. come into my heart, come into my life. Forgive me of my past. Wash away my sin. Make me a new person. Today I receive you as my leader and my Lord, and I'll never be the same in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Can we give Jesus some praise in the room? Listen. Faith is a step, faith is a step. Here's here's your first step. Here's your I believe this is somebody's first step into eternal life. I believe this is somebody's first step into abundant life. We just believed internally. Now we're about to do something externally that says I just believed internally. You ready, Coast Life family online? Your next step is just typing Jesus in all caps. Just proclaim to the world that Jesus is leader and Lord of my life. In this room, when I, I'm going to get, I'm going to count to three. When I get to three, I just simply want you to raise your hand. Can I tell you that? something's about to happen and shift in your life that 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 expression of faith is going to define a moment in your life that God's grace has started that you are held by grace that he that began a good work in you is going to be faithful to complete it until the day of Jesus Christ come on can we believe that this is somebody's moment to take a step of faith to, to begin a relationship maybe to recommit a relationship come on on the count of three if that's you one two if that's you three would you just raise your hand Type Jesus. Come on, I see that hand. I see that hand. I see that hand. Come on, that's incredible. Give him a great hand. Say, welcome to the family of God. Hey, thank you for joining us, and a special thank you to those of you who give so faithfully and generously to this church. It's because of people like you that podcasts like this are possible, and you can click the link in the description to give now, or you can visit mycoastlifechurch.com. And if you enjoyed the podcast, we'd love it if you subscribed, share it with your friends. So thank you for listening, and God bless you.